Well, here's a little story about haircuts and comics. Now, I'm going back to late summer of 1982 on this one. Uh, my pop took me to get most of my haircuts back then. He had a guy, Ozzy, and his barbershop was maybe about five minutes from the house. Pop would pick me up in his cherry red Bronco. Now, I was never into cars at all, but that red Bronco was and still is one of the most bitchin' rides I've ever seen. It had a white leather interior, and hanging from the rearview mirror was this little plastic Popeye figure whose arms would sort of flex and seesaw when you pulled him to the bottom of the string and watched him inch back up to the top. The drive to the barbershop itself was pretty quick. I would spend most of it smiling at Pop or looking out the window. Poppy always played it cool, and for the most part, he just let me do my thing. I was a pretty quiet kid. I never needed more conversation than was given to me. I mostly preferred to just watch things. I loved seeing stores and houses, people walking, or, or the way other folks drove their car. Pop would play some oldies on the radio, and I would just watch the world go by. 100% content. Ozzy's barbershop was on a pretty atypical American Main Street. It was just past this great little card store called the Jelly Bean, and across the street was a, you know, like a row of suburban houses. The storefront itself was very simple. A few big windows, a glass and metal door, and a barber's pole spinning above it. The interior was very open, with just one small counter separating the space between the folks waiting and the folks getting a cut. I can remember the furniture in that waiting room being pretty old looking and not kept very well. Uh, I guess I would describe the room now as looking 1960s, but I didn't understand what that was back then. I just remember the colors being very yellow and all the tables and couches had like these thin legs on them. Going to Ozzy's was always a bit of an adventure. Every time I sat in his chair, I could smell booze on his breath and he would kind of dance around me flirting with the other lady barber he had working there. And Poppy, well, Poppy meant the world to me. Best grandpa a kid could ask for. For real. I never had too many good things to say about my own dad. You know, I, I identified more with my grandpa. And that was possibly because I was just a smaller version of him. I looked more like his own son than his grandson. Comic books and Poppy go hand in hand for me. Without him, I'm not sure I would be as dedicated to comics as I still am today. He was always bringing me a comic. He'd bring me one to the house, or he would take me to a candy store where I could have my pick of any book I wanted. But one of my strongest memories of pop and comics revolved around this barbershop. Now, Ozzy didn't sell comic books, but his waiting room always had a huge stack of them on a small table for people to read. There were other magazines and small paperback books there as well, but I didn't have much interest in any of those things. As soon as I walked in the door of that place, I would run to that stack and see what was waiting for me. You know, it's funny how you can maybe do the exact same thing dozens of times, but only one particular moment decides to stay with you. Like, I, I can't remember even how many times this scene of me running to a pile of comics in that barbershop actually happened? I know many, many, many times. But only one instance and one comic book has ever been the focal point. Or, you know, the anchor to which I'm tethered to the entirety of all of those accumulative experiences. 
I can still see it now, sitting there on top of that pile under some crappy little desk lamp that had about a, a inch layer thick of dust on it and parked beside an equally stacked pile of Sports Illustrated. It was a series that I had seen before and a character I had known for my entire life, but I had never seen this character look so disturbed. The issue was Batman number 351, dated September 1982. It was 32 colored pages, priced at 60 cents, and it was wrapped in one of the most shocking covers I had ever seen. My experience with the Batman up to that point had been with some Golden Age issues my pop had, you know, a Saturday morning cartoon, or reruns of the old television show that was steeped in bright colors and candy-coated scripts. But this issue was very different than all of those. Batman 351 straight up frightened me. Perched on the corner of a roof atop a gargoyle's face, Batman raised his left fist up to the red sky and screamed, showing off his vampire fangs while small bats flew behind him. The bright blue of his cowl popped in front of a shockingly yellow moon, and the washed-out gray of his costume almost disappears into the blackness of his billowed cape. <clears throat> Quoted in big white letters on the right-hand side of the comic, it asked a simple question. What stalks the Gotham Knight? I had to find out. I had to know. I instantly grabbed the book and found my seat next to Poppy. I remember flipping through the entire thing just to find out what actually happened to Batman. This is where I go back to that thought about having done something so many times, but for different reasons, only pieces of those moments stay with you. Writing this today, I can't for the life of me remember any of those interior pages. All I remember is that cover. That one image was all I needed. The power of persuasion and the artistry locked tight in that Ernie Colon and Dick Giordano image had really solidified the world around it and encased that moment in a memory that I will cherish forever. I guess that's a good cover, right? You know, strong and open-ended, that it smacks you in the face with some questions but begs you to love it because of the answers it gives you. I think that cover is the reason this moment has stayed with me for some 30-odd years. But taken as a whole, I appreciate that memory so much more knowing who is there to share it with me. I think I'm starting to understand what I'm doing here with this show. I could easily geek out on the contents or the minutiae of the Batman mythos. I could talk about what the writer might have been thinking or, or about what the artist decided to go with a certain brush when inking. But I think the older I get, the things I want to remember most about comics are when I was there and who was there when I got them and who I was when I got them. Maybe these silly little comics have just been mile markers along my life. And by taking the time to remember the truth in them instead of the fantasy, I'll better understand who I am today. Lofty goals for a comic podcast. And I will fail more times than I will succeed. Sometimes I'm just going to geek out. And sometimes I just want to make a personal point. But without comics, I wouldn't be here today at all. Now, that was a little experiment. To write this thing out. And just say it. <laughs> because I don't have a strong voice. And I stumble and I stutter a lot. But I just want to share some of these moments with you guys. Because comic, book, comic books mean so much to me. 
And the, the reason why they mean so much to me is because of moments like this. You know, it's not because I want to be Batman. No, not at all. I want to remember going to some rinky-dink shithole barbershop in 1982 with my grandpa and seeing this cover and, and knowing that like 30-something years later, like I, I still have that memory. It's still here. I, I can picture it. I'm there. Uh, in, some, in some way, I'm here in Brooklyn recording this and I'm in that barbershop. 30-something, 35 years ago. And that is the reality of comic books to me. You know, you love something so much, but there's a reason why. Yes, yes, it takes you away and puts you into some fantasy world and you don't have to worry about your daily problems when you're looking at a comic and all, all that. I get that. I partake in that and enjoy it. But, you know, like I said, I wrote this down. I'm going to kind of repeat it. The older I get, the the more I don't want to be taken away from reality and the more I want to be reminded of it because I think maybe maybe it's the age, you know, almost 40 and I just am trying to lock down and secure certain memories that I just don't want to ever get rid of. And, and that's what I'm trying to, that's what I'm going to try to share with you guys once in a while. And that was this one. And I'll be back next week. Check out at Birds and Boxes, art and stuff. And my time is running out real quick. So thank you. Thanks for listening. Okay. Bye. No, I mean it. Bye. Ciao. Oh, wait. Maybe I have more time. I'm just going to keep saying goodbye in two languages because that's the only way I know. But I think it's going to cut off in a couple seconds. Today was a great new comic book day while I still have time. It was awesome. That uh, Stuart Immonen and his wife, uh, uh, Russian Olive to Red King. Wow. Gorgeous. Beautiful, beautiful book. Maybe at the end of these shows I'll sneak in a quick go buy this kind of thing. Uh, that would be <laughs> it today. Amazing. And yeah, this is the end of it right now, I think. Thanks for listening, guys. I hope you like this. I hope I get better at it again. But I'm working on it. And yeah, now we're still going. <laughs>